All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Italian Football Daily Reaction Podcast, the morning after a crucial 1-0 Italy loss in the first leg of UEFA World Cup qualifying playoffs to Sweden in Stockholm. On the brink of missing the World Cup for the first time since 1958, what happened? Can they turn it around Monday at San Siro? where already over 60,000 tickets have been sold to break it all down. I'm Patrick Stoll, joined by Matt Santangelo. You can find us and hit us up on Twitter at Stoll underscore P, at Matt Santangelo, and at Italian FD. Matt, how do you want to start? Did you expect this from the Azuri at Friends Arena in Sweden? Um, I, I kind of had this idea that it was going to be um... – a little bit of a chippy game. I mean, I, 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 I was hoping for obviously a little bit something better from Italy, which we did not see, unfortunately. But I, I, if, if whoever follows me watches some of my pod, uh, my, uh, excuse me, my periscopes, they, you know, I talked about yesterday before the match that I felt like the environment was going to play into this one quite a bit, and I think that was something that I saw early on from Sweden, or at least within the first half, and then you know a little bit towards the end to kind of secure the victory. Was they they pressed? They try to beat Italy with the physicality on on the physicality side of things, um, just a little bit more aggressive towards those uh, each ball, and, and those are certain things that we are so accustomed to affiliating Italy with. You know, we always talk about Italy, the Italians. You know, like maybe like perfect example was at the Euro, where you know you had the guys like Adair or you had like Pelé. Like, yeah, they're not the most they know technically sound players they're not the most gifted players the most exciting players to watch but they do they work hard they do those certain things that you know you know at some point will open up space will open up a chance and make things happen and I think that's what Sweden was doing in a way they didn't maybe create a lot of chances but what they were doing is they were a little bit more aggressive and they really weren't you know afraid of um you know to, to you know going for a challenge you know Get a, maybe get a foul here and there, just because I feel like they were trying to make Italy uncomfortable in their own environment and prevent them from getting an away goal, which is exactly what they did. Yep, 100% yep. agree. And to, to back that up, Sweden had 37% ball possession. Italy had 63. Uh, Sweden had half, almost half the amount of um, accurate passes um, you know, their past success was less. They had more fouls. They had fewer corners. They had one corner. That was the corner they scored off of. And Italy had seven. So it was very clear that the game plan from the beginning was for Sweden, okay, we are going to rattle these guys. We are going to press on them. We're going to unsettle them. And we're not going to let Italy get into a rhythm, which you saw a little bit of rhythm, albeit unsuccessfully, you saw some of that at the beginning of the second half, where it was like Ventura um, got it right in the second half, like in the locker room, and just <laughs> laid into them, and they actually like responded, right? So they responded to that pressure, but they couldn't get a goal, and the next thing you know, you're down 1-0, and then they, they kind of caved from there. They, they couldn't pull it off. They when they were down, the way I saw it, and um, one of the uh, friends of Italian Football Daily, uh, Marcelo Studlione on Twitter, um, he said it's going to be a Sweden 1-0 victory. Um, and the way I saw it was it's either going to be like 2-1 Italy 
or one nil Sweden. Because if Sweden goes up, then Italy are going to have a hard time really pressing forward and really getting like, all right, we got to push up. We got to we have to get a goal. But if they got one, I felt that the game would turn to their advantage. But again, like like you said, I don't think that Sweden had a masterclass game. They only outplayed Italy by their physicality and by their essentially do-or-die mentality. You know, they played scrappy kind of like those CONCACAF teams that we were talking about, that you and I sat here talking about after the U.S. missed the World Cup, right? Same thing. Same thing. They played scrappy. They played hard. They played with nothing to lose because they knew people will write them off essentially because they're playing Italy. And here they are. They're 1-0 up. They're going to San Siro on Monday. Um, I, it's, it's hard to have confidence in the Italy team where you essentially see, the, you see so much talent, right? There's so mm-hmm. much talent, and we've seen some lineups that are questionable, some formations that don't make a lot of sense. And you just have very little confidence that they are going to run out at the San Siro and just run over Sweden, right? There's no confidence there. It's going to be a bloodbath. And if they get played the same, and Sweden is going to do the exact same thing. They're going to try and knock them down. And if that happens, you know, I am, I like to be optimistic, but I'm genuinely concerned going into Monday. No, I, listen, I totally agree with you. And I just want to point out something, uh, you know, in, in the buildup with, um, you know, the, to the game yesterday, the day before, the day prior, at, at, at his presser, it was uh, Giampere Ventura and Buffon sitting side by side doing their presser like they normally do. And I found an interesting quote from Buffon because um, I know a lot of people were asking me when they see Sweden, Italy, they think, where's Ibrahimovic? He's obviously a big profile name and everyone wants to watch him play and see if he has an impact on the game or not. Um, this was Buffon on the absence of Ibrahimovic going into the game, which I found interesting because he was actually in attendance as well. Ibrahimovic is one of the few world-class players who can win a match by touching the ball just once. Without him, the other players have more responsibility. And Sweden still remain the same tough opponent. And I found that fascinating because you look at the game yesterday, right? And, you know, those are the, typically, those are the types of games or wins, at least in my opinion, that you, you see from teams, um, you know, that may maybe a little, have a little bit of an underdog in the tie. I mean, I'm not saying Sweden, you know, didn't have a chance or don't have a chance to advance past Italy at this Italy, but sure. you get what I'm saying. When you see Italy, Sweden, you think that Italy have the advantage that just because they feel like they have the more success at the international level and everything like that. Yep. When you see a 1-0 win to Sweden, those are the types of victories that typically come from or help get have the results you help, you, you help obtain by having maybe that one vocal leader, that one superstar that kind of carries everything, maybe an individual act of brilliance and he gets a goal, like Ibrahimovic is obviously capable of. Yeah. They didn't even have Ibrahimovic. But it was, it was weird to see like they still had that, that they were still able to almost play the same way in a way without him the same intensity, same pressure, everything like that, and get the result, which I found fascinating because he's, you know, Buffon said to himself, Sweden still remain the same tough opponent, like unlike, not unlike, but as, as, a, as the same as the Euro. 
They played him at the Euro. He had that Ibrahimovic. And it was a tight game until the very end. Of course, Adair had the 80th minute uh, winner right. to secure their spot in the round of 16. But you get my point here is that they, you know, they don't have the manpower. If you look at up and down their lineup, they don't have the manpower that Italy does. But they, you know, that, that's what I feel is a little bit different at the international level as opposed to the club levels. When you throw on your international shirt of your, of your respective country, you don't necessarily have to have the best players. You yep. really don't because we saw that at the World Cup, you know, the Costa Ricas of the world, the Paraguays of the world that were beating Italy and, and all these different teams and getting pretty far into the Iceland, another good example. You don't have to have the deepest roster, the most talented, uh, you know, uh, talented 11 and the most recognizable players. You really just have to have that. I mean, it helps to have that. Let's be clear here. But sure. it also helps. It also, you also have to have that mentality, that approach and that unity and we can see from Italy, in the, even in the post-match comments, we got Ventura pretty much blaming the referees. Then we have Bonucci and Lorenzo Insigne. They're saying we have to play better. We have to bring everything on Monday at the San Siro. So it's almost like it, it feels a lot like the U.S. Yep. Some excuses on the bench, um, you know, certain things on the field. It just feels a little bit too much like that to my liking. And it's just obviously, as you said, it's very concerning as we as – we, uh, Wait, that game. Yeah, and to piggyback off of the um, Ibra point, uh, because I really think that's interesting, especially since he's one of those stars of the game uh, that everyone recognizes and that everyone identifies and that he can make an immediate impact on the game. I was listening to the broadcast, and one of the announcers said that he thinks that... Uh, it, Italy, no, excuse me, Sweden, are better without Ibra because when Ibra's on the pitch, and, you know, that's a little bit of a hot take, right? But when he explained it of... I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you have to, you essentially, he demands that the ball be played through him. Play the, the game play, the game runs, runs through him. Whether they win or yep. lose, he wants the ball, he wants the yeah, shot, he wants this, he wants that. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. the Ibra show, which yeah. we've seen in every team that he's been on, you know, Manchester United, same kind of thing, not saying they're better without him, but when he's on the pitch, it's a very uh, one-way street, you know, get the ball to Ibra, put it in the box, he'll do something there, maybe he'll pass it away, or he'll just take a wild shot and go, I'll probably go in. Um, Same thing with PSG. Yeah, exactly. PSG, everything. So I thought was really interesting to look at that lineup and a lot of people will say, oh, well, no Ibrahimovic, no party, like, eh, okay. But, you know, they took it to Italy. They really did. And, uh, you know, they're underrated, the likes of Forsberg. Um, I mean, he's the big one on that roster. Lindelof plays for Manchester United, but he, you know, he is the case of at least he plays well for somebody. Uh, he hasn't been playing well for Manchester United, and then he put up a pretty – solid performance against Italy. Uh, I want to go back to that roster, that like the roster, the bench um, point that you made of, mm. you know, if you, if you put them head to head, right. <laughs> these rosters are not the same, right. These no. rosters of Sweden, you know, I, I have the lineup here. Olsen, Kraft, Lindelof, Granquist, Augustinsson, Klassen, Larson, 
Ekdal, Forsberg, Toivonen, Berg, and you had Svensson, Thielen, and Johansson, and Johansson had the goal. All right, mm-hmm. put that up against the likes of Gigi Buffon, Chiellini, Benucci, Barzagli, Darmian, Verratti, De Rossi, Parolo, Candreva, Immobile, Bellotti, and uh, Lorenzo Insigne came in, and Ider also came in. And before I throw this to you, um, our our editor in chief, our capitano, um, Alex Mashidi, brought up yesterday um, in kind of the post match chaos where all of us in the IFD group chat are just kind of pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. Brought up, uh, and I didn't notice it before. They didn't use all three of their subs. You get three subs. <laughs> he used. You are in need of a goal. If you get an away goal, you flip this entire thing on its head, Mm -hmm. right? You are in need of a goal, and first of all, you sub on Eder. And I'm not the biggest Eder fan. Like, I get it, but you have the likes of um, Florenzi, Bernadeschi, and Gabbiadini. And at the time, Lorenzo Insigne mm-hmm. on the bench, and you bring an Eder, and then you wait another 10 minutes, and this is still being down a goal. You bring in Lorenzo Insigne. Okay, great. So now you've taken out Bellotti for Eder. You've taken out Verratti, who has just not been the same in the, the blue colors of the Azzurri, uh, for Insigne. So now, you know, and, but, you know, Parolo stays in, De Rossi stays in, Candreva stays in. And some of these choice I don't know, man. It, <laughs> a little suspect, but just on the roster, like the on paper, well, and you know you always say Well here's who they had to go to. You always say this on paper, yeah. Um oh absolutely. Yeah, so they had because we obviously know a couple of the names they, they weren't they weren't called up for the match. Um Zaza had an injury. Asharawi was for whatever reason it was, he wasn't in the uh, squad for yesterday, which yeah. which is odd. It doesn't make any sense because he's one of the most informed players Italy has at their disposal. But Good that's start. what we expect from Ventura at this point. Um, Florenzi, Rugani, Astori, Zafacosta, Bernardeschi, Donnarumma, obviously a backup keeper. You're not going to really go to him. Giorgino, Gabbiadini, Perin, and Gagliardini. So... I mean, if you're looking at the te- – this is besides, obviously, the guys they called in, just to be yep. clear on that, sure. and Eder and uh, Insigne. But um, you're telling me they couldn't bring in a guy like Bernadeschi, the guy who's quick, the guy who can push forward, the guy who has a good left foot. Maybe you guess he gets a, a, a flash of brilliance and scores a goal, maybe, maybe go 1-1 and they leave Sweden. I mean, maybe it's me. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Or someone in the midfield. I mean, I know they subbed out Verratti for um, – Insigne, you know, just to kind of get some little bit more life in the attack, and the fact that Verratti is going to miss the game next week um, on Monday anyway. But brutal. Why not? Why not Bernadeschi? Why not throw another attacker on? I, I don't. I don't. And he's considered. He's been pretty good for Juve lately. I mean, I yeah. feel like he's someone that they could have thrown on, you know, even for a guy like Cantareva, or even behind the striker, or even in place of, you know, um, Immobile at the time. Maybe five, ten minutes. See if you get, you know, some quick attacking pace up there. Because Immobile and Belotti are not – they have some pace to them. 
you know, below T a little bit being a little bit quicker in my in my opinion, but they're not guys who, you know, are a little bit as mobile and as, you know, able to pull into the midfield and, and push forward, you know, you know, attack a guy, make him miss, look something out wide. You know what I'm saying? Someone who is a little bit more creative, you know, um, and I feel like that would have been a good substitution for Ventura to go with. But of course, he doesn't even use his third st- sub, which is just blows my mind at this point. Baffling. And again, it's, it's, you, you can't. It's shocking. It is absolutely shocking that we it's are not at even that. So much, it's not even so much like if it, people, if we want to talk about Ventura and if, you know, how he's been at, with this job post Conte, it's not even so much. Yes, yes, is, you know, some of the results. Yes, I get that. But it's more the fact that, like, even if he chose the right players, like he chose the right players, he made the right substitutions, the right, um, you know, decisions with regards of picking players at, during each call-up. But maybe, you know, he wasn't able to get it done. He wasn't able – I thought people would say, okay. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. But you know what? He, he, he picked, the, for the most part, the squad that everyone would pick. He played the formation that everyone would pick. And we, we, just didn't, we just weren't good enough. When you start doing these little nitpicky things that we kind of point out just right now, like when, that he does – not using all his substitutions, mm-hmm. you know, sending some of their best players in terms of form to the stands for games on the road. Um, you kind of look at it like, does this guy, like, is he generally going senile? Like, I'm not even trying to be in, like, in, like, in, like an ass, excuse my language, but. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Old, 70 years old. And these are just fundamental mistakes that you can't make in games like this. You need to use all three of your subs. You need to use, you need to kind of, at least give the Italy supporters an indication saying, you know, I liked what he did. He, in the second half, he, he brought on, he brought on two attackers in Signa. He brought on Adair and then he tried to go really go for it at the end in the last 10 minutes and bring on like a guy like Bernadeschi or um, El Shirawi. People would have said, okay, at least he went after. And then you throw in the fact that he made excuses through the referee. It just looks weak. Italy's mentality looks weak and it's because of him, in my opinion. It looks very weak. There's always excuses. There's always this. There's always that. And it looks so much, again, we're going to go back to it because they may, in fact, see the same fate, is the U.S. men's national team. I can't agree with you more. Patrick, look at the different mentalities between Sweden, their coach, and Italy and their coach. We all know the talent level. Italy is in favor of Italy. But look at the coach. I mean, mean, everyone, everyone has their own way of coaching. You know, Conte is obviously a very fiery, energetic guy, you know, and versus Ventura seems to be a little bit more reserved at times versus, of course, the Sweden coach who was barking orders. He was loud. He was vocal standing up. He was showing energy. And I think those are the things that that's the team feeds off. And I feel like that's what this team really needs for the second game, whether it be on the field or whether it be through Ventura. What they really need is they really need that veteran, the old guard, the Bonucci, Barzagli, Chiellini, Buffon, those guys, De Rossi. I don't think Ventura is going to lead this team. I don't think he's going to be the vocal guy to really, you know, deliver that, um, you know, that that uplifting speech and bring the energy and all that. I think it has to come from the guys on the field who have been there, who have won World Cups, who have been to World Cups, and have actually played on big teams. I mean, let's face it here. Ventura hasn't coached at a big club. Right. He right. doesn't know. He hasn't had the experience in managing the big personalities, being able to rally a team when they're down and really 
use, you know, like we see so much, so many times with Conte. We see it sometimes when Italy would be down and they would come back and you would see the fire from Conte and then everyone would be coming out to hug him. And it felt like a team. It felt like a really unified team and a special team. And we saw it last year at the Euro. We see it all the time for, well, you, you know, now Chelsea. For, for, for Chelsea. We saw it at Juve. And I'm not saying you can't go back and you can't change anything. You can't get Conte for this game. But you, you get my point. It ha- the energy and the, 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 the mentality has to be an Italian one. That's the best way I can put yep. it at this point. Every, with the, the mentality that everyone associates with the Azzurri, the grit, the energy, the passion, those are the types of things that have gotten Italy, you know, this reputation, the results over the years. And we're not seeing it. It feels like it's kind of like, yeah, we're playing, we're going through the motions, we're playing the same guys. Up, oh, we lose, up, oh, and it's an oppressor. Oh, we'll get the next game. We got to bring it. We got to bring 100%. There's no fire. Yep. There's no fire. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you more. Um, David Amayal uh, had a great interview yesterday after the game uh, with uh, the show that I work on at SiriusXM. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. Um, and this was about Ventura, that the job of these national team guys, right, these national team coaches, because they're not in the business of developing players, right? No. That's not what he's tasked with doing. Just like Bruce Arena isn't tasked with that. Just like, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, his job isn't, okay, you are to take Belotti and you're going to call him up every day and you're going to make him a star, right? Mm-hmm. No. Belotti performs at his club and then you identify that you bring him in, right? So he said, For these national team guys, what you're doing is you're trying to pick the best players and you're trying to put them in the best position to succeed. You're trying to make them comfortable on the pitch because when you put them in that position, their form will continue. It will translate into international success. So what you're doing is you are managing, Mm -hmm. right? You are managing those players. You get them and you put them in the right place. That is your job. You... In theory, and like this is now me saying this, in theory, you really only have one, like one or two jobs, right? Pick the best players, put them in the best place. And I can't say now, Italy has a pretty clear player pool of who you call up. You know, you can. You can debate back and forth. You know, I have a recent, yeah, yeah. You can, like, I have a recent call up thing here. You know, you can do the Giacomo Bonaventura debate. Uh, you know, some people want to see Lapidula, um, Romagnoli if he wasn't injured or if he is injured or not. Um, you know that that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You can talk about, uh, and you know, then you get into the youth squad like Pellegrini, etc. But the real, the real big thing for me is when you call these guys up, and I, I don't have a big problem with the list of the guys who are called up because, like you said, I think everyone would have called this group. Maybe some would have left. I would have left Parolo out. I would have preferred maybe a Pellegrini. I would have preferred maybe, um, you know, I would have preferred maybe a Bonaventura. I don't know. Um, that's something that, you know, we haven't seen, so it's it's hard to say, like, oh, I would like this. Uh, I might have left out Parolo, but he's a runner, 
right? So he serves a role. Like he's he's that gritty one on the team in the midfield who can like just run back and forth, whereas De Rossi can't make it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I was shocked that he didn't get subbed out. Yeah. Right? Um, but once you get past like the roster, right? Then you talk about lineups, and then you talk about performances. Okay, Buffon and goal, no problem. Back three of BBC, no problem. Uh, front two of Immobile and Belotti, I have no problem with that. Would like to see Lorenzo and Signe somewhere, but I got no problem with that. Darmian doesn't play well for Manchester United, or doesn't play for Manchester United, but he, you know, he didn't have a bad game. No, you know, I, I, I don't think he was that bad. I feel like he had a couple of dangerous crosses actually on his end. Yeah, absolutely, no, no one would just, no one would know. Kantareva had one that he was very close to. No one was able to get onto, but you know, they and were the bloody header that went wide. And you know, it's funny, you know, just to you know, just to get you know to piggyback off, you know, the Belotti header. I said it in my periscope, and I kind of had this, I had this, I this, you know, this notion that this the game was going to come down to who had who made the most of their individual chances, right? So yep. we're, so I, f- I said that Immobile and Belotti were going to have one, maybe two chances, maybe each, call it, well, call it maybe three chances in total out of the two strikers to actually get a goal and something that's, I consider a true chance, something yep. around net, in the box, with a good look at goal. They didn't make the most of them. They didn't make the most of them. The really real chance I saw from the team I mean, the only real chance aside from them two I saw was the that Darmian strike that hit the post. The post, yep. But, the woodwork, yeah. But it's amazing, though. The game is – this game is all about momentum or a, mo- a lot about momentum, especially in, in a two-legged tie on the road. And, you know, that's what I, I was really hoping I would see an early 15-, 20-minute goal from Italy because I feel like that would have really taken the home crowd out of it, would have given the visiting crowd, the Italian crowd – um, a little bit of a lift, and I think it would have gave Italy that motivation to say, "We got the goal. Let's go after another." And I think it, things would have changed. I think the approach would have been a little bit different. But I mean, you see, even at the club level, you see when you don't make the most of your chances, and you kind of keep a team in it, and then eventually they get a goal. Yep. Now you're playing catch up. Now yep. you have to, you now you're the, now you're, the, yep. you're the one chasing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's it's. It's frustrating. Here, let me get let me get some team stats here. So, total shots, Italy had ten, Sweden had eight. Total shots on target, Sweden had two, scored one. Italy had one, one shot on target, plus the woodwork, plus the woodwork, which is embarrassing. How do you I'm have one shot on target? Like one shot. Like I know it's professional international football, but how do you go ninety minutes? You had ninety minutes. 90 minutes. And you have Belotti and Immobile up front. That's, that's what baffles me. And Amayal uh, had this point. He said, Immobile has been one of the best players in Serie A this season. Where, what, where'd that go? What happened? Why is he not performing with the Azzurri? Verratti is considered one of the best defensive mids or one of the best holding midfielders in the world. Where is that? Where he hasn't been? He certainly hasn't been playing like, uh, what do you call it? The next Barcelona Xavi, as some people have, you know, people were 
comparing him to Xavi over the uh, um, over the transfer window. You know, he hasn't been playing like Xavi Hernandez out there. Um, where where are those? Why you know? And I can't say well, like, with, with with Verratti. It's it's interesting because I, I was watching with my friend yesterday, and we were kind of going back and forth and. You know, this is a lot of the things that I like to do. You know, obviously, many people when they watch the game, they're also tweeting. They're doing different things, and they don't maybe they maybe miss some certain things in the match. You know, because the game's periodically moving. It's 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 constantly flowing, and sometimes you'll you'll maybe miss something here, something there that people catch that give you that bring bring to light in the post match discussion on Twitter, social media, whatever. But I was for this game, I was strictly watching the game, obviously for the importance that it had, and. Just if you look at the body language of Verratti, and this was something I talked about extensively on Twitter yesterday in the in the, in the uh, aftermath because it just frustrated me so much. Um, the body language from him, the, the 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 pouting, the whining, the lack of toughness. The, he he looked he looked like a twenty five year old boy. Yep. He like he, and and that's been one of the things with the, with Verratti over the years. What people have said about him is that fantastic player. He's he's got all the ability to be you know the, the best mid, Italian midfielder for this, the best Italian midfielder we have going forward and one of the best in the world. We see that all the time with PSG. He's a fantastic player. He's playing in his normal role. So I think obviously role has a play has a has a part in this as well. But this is getting onto just strictly you know his attitude and everything like that. He doesn't have this temperament. His temperaments it's it's very similar in a way I find to Berardi at, at Sassuolo. They're mm, very good players, yeah. very talented. We know what they're capable of. But they got this little bit of um, like a little bit of a, like a chippiness to them that, you know, if you kind of get, you maybe bust them up on a tackle or you, you hit them a little too hard. They look for the foul. They kind of whine and they, it looks, they look soft. He looks like a soft player. It was I like Giovinco just, against New York Red Bulls. But Exactly. It, it's yep. it's, it's I can't stand to see it, especially in a midfielder. When you're going to be it's taking on contact, they're yeah. going to try to body you off the ball because they know you're a small player. They're going to try to rustle your feathers because they know that they have they have that ability to take advantage of you and your kind of somewhat, you know, tendency to erupt. We know he's red card. We know not red card prone. We know he's booking prone. You know he gets booked quite a bit, and we saw yesterday a foul. Now you have a yellow card. Now he's out for the second game. Like, and it wasn't even like a good challenge. Like, and it wasn't yeah. even a challenge that you could have said, man, like he was trying to stop a counterattack. You know what? He wanted to make sure that we did, maybe did, that Italy didn't, I mean, uh, Sweden didn't score. It wasn't even like that. It, it's, he's, people want to, he's supposed to be the guy that the Italian national team is supposed to lean on as the next Pirlo type player for them. Yep. I'm not saying he's the same. I just obviously I can't do that to him. I can't do that to Pirlo at this point after after this week. But um, he's not right now. He he hasn't shown it to me for PSG. Fantastic player. He's he performs, and I think that's what happens. That's partially why some of his, um, you know, his attitude things and his his ability those eruptions that his little spot the little pouts he has tend to kind of get thrown under the rug because he does play so well. But when it comes yeah. to for Italy, when he, I just don't factor that in with he can't stay healthy that often. It, I mean, that's what's frustrating to me. He's 25. He's not a 21-year-old kid. He's 25. 
take the keys of the midfield, run with it, be the best midfielder that we have, uh, that we have and that we need. He's not doing it. And, and that's what's frustrating to me. And, I, and that's what I hope Jorginho can pick up and, and, and run with, for, or at least I hope if he gets to start on, uh, on Monday. But I'm just, I, they're not, we need that, 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 that top of flight midfielder and he's supposed to be it and he's not acting like it right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And there was an interesting point. Um, and I, I think it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So you're, you're a, a guy that tends to get a little bit heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get fouled, then you start looking for the foul. You start uh, calling to the ref. You start pushing back. And then people are just going to foul you more. Right. Like if you show that kind of reaction, the volatility treatment, same thing. Yeah, yeah. People are going to body you, and you know, Sweden. I, I don't care how not well Verlati has been playing. He is a huge miss, mm-hmm. right? So if you think about that midfield, I'm just looking at the midfield right now in that five, right? So you have Darmian and Kandreva on the wings. That will probably remain the same. If they go with a 3-5-2, right? If they go with a 4-2-4, you know, rut row, you know. Um, but that three, the that core three, right, that the that the 3-5-2 really depends on, right? Verratti out. So you have to assume that will be Jorginho. I'll get to him in just a second. You have De Rossi as the anchor, which on paper doesn't sound too bad, but then in practice it's like, oh, God, he can't do this. Um, and Parolo's a runner. Um, he is the, he's the workhorse one, right? He, you know, he's not – Parolo – no one will tell me Parolo is technically um, superior to much of anyone. He's that Borini. He's that Poli. He's that, he's that kind of player, right? He's not flashy. He'll just run. Right, so now you don't have Verratti. That's a huge loss. Sweden is thrilled because any flash of brilliance that could have happened is gone. So midfielders on this roster, Florenzi is marked as a midfielder. He's a winger. Bernadeschi is marked as a midfielder. He's an attacker. He's a forward. Excuse me. Zeppa Costa is a wing back. Um, Gagliardini is a holding midfielder. And then there's Jorginho. So you have to think that it's either going to be a formation change or Gagliardini or Jorginho. Um, And moving to the Jorginho point, because that's been a huge talking point, right? Um, I think uh, Amayal made a great point. He said that it almost, that, you know, people were clamoring and Matt, you're like the leader of the bandwagon, right? Yeah. Of the Jorginho, the pro Jorginho. Um, and it almost seems like Ventura called him it because it would have made so much sense to start Jorginho where Parola was and just essentially like go for it, right? Put your best guys out there and make it happen, right? That didn't happen. It's almost like Ventura heard everyone calling for Jorginho and tried to minimize the criticism that he would receive. Like, oh, well, you can't, you can't really blame me. You know, you can't take this at me now because I called up Jorginho. And also, it, it almost feels like he did that so that Brazil couldn't 
take Jorginho. And if he doesn't start Jorginho in the last game, in the do-or-die game where you need a win, like there's no draw, there's no park the bus, like they need a win. If they don't start him and they bring him in 75th minute, then it's almost like he was just doing it so that Brazil couldn't have him. And that, you know, that might be reading too much into it. But you got to think Jorginho is going to start this next game. I pray that he starts this next game. I'm not saying that he's going to make it from a 1-0 loss to a 4-0 victory, right? He's not that. He's a difference maker. And the fact that, like, we're not even sure. We're actually not even sure if he will start because given Ventura's track record, and I'll 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 save I'll save the Ventura material because there's a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do a post mortem on Ventura quite yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now if they if they don't make it to the World Cup, um, and just a a uh, programming note to listeners viewers, um. Italian Football Daily will be doing a reaction pod, one of these, uh, live Tuesday morning, um, talking about the result of the second leg. And you can find that link um, at ItalianFD. We're we're putting that together, uh, and that's going to be, uh, you know, I was talking to Matt before before this started, that's either going to be limping into the World Cup or missing it. So this is going to be very uh, heated. Uh, we got one question on Twitter uh, from our friend Mike, and uh, he said, "Can you make it R-rated?" And uh, I, I we're keep we're we're saving that. Uh, we're going to see about that. I need a, we we're going to need approval from the uh, from the head honcho before we do that. If this was right after the game, it probably would have just come out. Probably would have inadvertently, but... yeah. That's why I actually sleep and I'm a little bit tired, so that's why I don't have that same uh, energy to dish out if you uh, you know what. No, yeah. Well, that that was the same case as the U.S. Like you know, mm. um, you know, we had done it right after the game. You know, just point your flamethrower wherever you want. But right now, <laughs> you know, looking forward to the game on Monday. The fact that it's even, you know, it's not really a debate, but we're still speculating, like. Is Jorginho going to make it in the squad? Like, is he going to start? Are we just going to see Gagliardini? Like, it's very... Um, because I just want to point something out. I think there's, there is the possibility, and I don't... Sorry to interrupt you, but no, there's, no. I think there's a possibility that we do see a change in the midfield. This is just my opinion. This is just what I'm... I'm sure. thinking logically in this case, which, again, I'm going to take a jab at Ventura. He doesn't do that often. Um... Mm-hmm. um with De Rossi, you know, you mentioned De Rossi um, that you were shocked that he didn't get subbed off at the in the game last night. Um, I was obviously surprised as well. The fact that the, is there is there a possibility that because he played the full game, because he doesn't have the same ability to constantly run around and do this and do that for ninety minutes that often, mm-hmm. is there a possibility in your mind? Do you feel that Ventura will in fact? take De Rossi off for a pretty much a, a win or go home match by not starting him, by maybe subbing playing mm. someone else and then maybe bringing De Rossi in later? You know, that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, 
which is why I'm skeptical, right? Because but I don't know which way that is going to go. He may say, well, it almost in the same much time. Because it's only a three, it's only, I mean, it's Monday. The game's Monday. It's not yeah. like it's next Friday. Like you have four days, three days, whatever to prepare. But even for people we see at the, at the, at the club level, they typically rotate. There's a rotation. With the exception of a couple, a couple players here and there. But most, a lot of midfielders tend to get rotated a little bit more often. And when you look at De Rossi, who's what, 33 right now, 34, something along those lines. Oh, and I played the entire match, an international match. There is a possibility that maybe he doesn't start, or maybe he plays maybe a little bit and then gets subbed off. But I personally would like to see um, Jorginho obviously play. That's just everyone who knows me knows that. Um, but I think, you know, I think we're still going to see Parolo. I, th- I still I feel like that's going to happen. He's going to go with, for the most part, most of the same people. I think he may make a couple of adjustments here and there. I hope. I'm praying he does. Yeah. Um, but I think you can, st- you can start Jorginho and De Rossi. But I don't think – this was something I mentioned yesterday. I don't know if you can actually play De Rossi and Verratti next to each other like we saw yesterday and have it work because Verratti is supposed to play back there. Right. Yeah, you need to pick one as like an anchor, and, and Jorginho is not a that, forward he's guy. Not that type of destroyer player. Right. Jorginho, yep. so he can play. If De Rossi plays at the base, Jorginho can play to his right because he's more of a dictator, a, a tempo contro- uh, controller type midfield. No yep. So I feel like that's definitely possible for him to play. But again, if he doesn't play, the um, you know the, everyone, including myself, are going to be out there saying that he has an agenda against Jorginho. He called him up just to you know, prevent Brazil, as you just said, from having him. And he just really has an agenda against Jorginho when this midfield really does need something of his ability. So I I hope that he does see the light and actually plays Jorginho in this game because, you know, we need that player who can control the ball. Can he doesn't do he's not the type of guy to throw the ball over the top with consistency not consistency, but regularly. He's more of a guy who plays it on the ground, but he sees certain things happen that others may not. And he's able to precisely hit his marker and then keep the keep the play moving so that's what i feel that this team needs is that they need someone to be able to continually connect the passes connect from the midfield to the attack and create chances so hopefully he does play yeah and um so i'm looking at the formation right now and you know just think with me for a minute so buffon chiellini bonucci Bartzagli. um i leave darmian where he is um, Kandreva, I would leave where he is, but I would sub him out around 60, you know, for give Zappa him an hour. Costa, maybe. Yeah, for Zeppa Costa, for Bernadeschi. Someone like that. Um, yeah. and, you know, if they really need a goal. Um, even, you know, Gabbiadini, he's been playing pretty well for Southampton. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see Florenzi at some point. I think that would be pretty great. I, I'm I a feel Florenzi like that would, that would probably only come in a, if they had the advantage. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Really, he's that kind of that engine player, the guy, he's, like, he's kind of like the all-purpose, jack-of-all-traits type guy where he can play in multiple roles. He, can, he runs. He has the energy. He could cross. He can you know, provide some, some good, good opportunities in the attack. So, and he could obviously play in just pretty much anywhere in the midfield for the most part. Um, yep. You know, so I think that's something that, again, we'll, we'll probably like hopefully see, you know, assuming that we do get the lead and he could come in and, you know, really ensure that we do get a spot in Russia. 
and then I think Immobile and Belotti are fine up front. I don't have a problem with that. I think, you know, maybe I'm tinkering a little too much, right? But if you go with three, five, two, but you take that middle of the five and you put it forward, right? You put it behind the strikers and then have the two as kind of holding guys. So kind of like a diamond thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. get what I'm saying? So instead of... Cause instead of a defensive he, midfielder, you have those two other midfielders that's supposed to be opposite him. They fall yeah. back. You have the two wing backs, and then you have more of like an attacking midfielder. Yes. So what I'm thinking is um, Buffon, Chiellini, Benucci, Bartagli, Darmian, uh, Jorginho, uh, Gagliardini, Candreva, Insigne, Immobile, Belotti. Okay. I, I know I know that's kind of progressive. That's kind of forward, right? But they need a goal. Insigne came in for 15 minutes, so consider him fresh. I, I, I don't want to see Eder start this game. I swear to God, if Eder starts this game, it, like, I can't, I, we cannot be doing that at this stage in the game, right? I want to see Jorginho, um, and he's... I want to see Al-Sharawi. Well, I want to see Al-Sharawi. Oh, well, I'm excited about that. Yeah, exactly. But he wasn't named in the squad. What about, what about if he's able to go? What about Zaza? What, what do you think of that? Um, you know, I, would, I might give Zaza the start um, and then sub him out after an hour. Uh, you know, I think he would be one of those guys where I don't because I don't think Belotti's fit. I think yeah, that's think, the problem. That's the th- like, and that's for me. Like, I, I had that little bit of a concern. I I knew I understood why Ventura went with it because it was the 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 tandem up front he's been going with throughout the entire qualification. But it's clear that Belotti wasn't, you know, fully yeah himself, and he's still working his way back. I mean, he returned in in Torino's last game. And now you're going to throw him in, in my opinion, at least. You're going to throw him in to start in a, uh, in a road game that's obviously massive for Italy's future um, and expect him to be his normal self. I think it's just a little bit much. But um, I Get wouldn't be shocked. I, I'm, hoping, I'm, hoping that, um, I'm hoping that Zaza's ready because I feel like, you know, I did a piece on him and, you know, this is a little bit of a shameless plug, of course. Um, I feel that because of his form, I feel like because, you know, and this is just me. This is just me being an optimist and, you know, someone trying to, you know, rally for him because I know obviously he's gotten a lot of heat from his, his uh, Euro 2016 tiptoe and all that stuff, the charades there. I'd love to see him get an opportunity to at least play, at least get on the bench and maybe make an impact because I feel he's in such good form. He's in, mentally, he's, he's, he's in a good spot right now. I know there was an interview with, with him with Valencia, with La Liga, and it was very good. He's very confident, and he's, he's definitely moved past his, his Euro. But I'd like to see him maybe get a chance, if he's, if he's fit, to at least, you know, maybe in the second half, instead of an Eder, if, if Ventura oh, yeah. wants to go that way. At least give us something different. Don't give us the same old story where second half, Eder, this guy, this guy. No, yep. change it up a bit. Yeah, Give Zaza. Zaza's in good form. Give a guy. Maybe bring on El Sharabi. El Sharabi's in good form. Bring him on. Give us something a little bit different that at least saying you're, you're trying to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely agreed. And that's, that's the thing. So if you look at Immobile, and I think you're right. I think you're right about Belotti. Um, but if you look at 
you know, the forwards. So I would take Insigne starting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would tolerate that considering Insigne is a beast and I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I don't want Eder starting. Gabbiadini starting wouldn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, so either Insigne or Zaza next to Immobile or I guess in Insigne's case right behind Immobile would work perfectly for me. Uh, I think you're right about Belotti. Um, as so, for you know, the there was something interesting, and I just want to just add on to yeah. this and I'll let you go. Um, before Zaza was ruled out and he was ruled out of the game yesterday, I think this was maybe a day or two before, maybe it was the day before the game, a lot of projected lineups, again, I know they're not always right, but a lot of projected lineups had Immobile had and Zaza. Yep. But then yep. once Zaza picked up that injury in at a Covarciano before they left her for, for Stockholm, then he was kind of, then he went to Belotti. So I found that interesting. I think there is a chance that if Zaza's ready to go, maybe this will, these extra days he's, he's fit and he's ready to go, there is a good chance I feel that they, he'll start Zaza. I feel yeah. like he's a player that he does like. Yeah, the more, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense, right? So I would, I, so if you have Insigne up there, great. If you have Zaza up there, great. But you know, you know, it's a risk, right? So if Zaza, if, if it doesn't work, essentially, which is a chance, I'm not saying yeah. anything about him, but like, you know, Zaza is hit or miss with the Azzurri. He's been in great form with Valencia. Mm -hmm. And you can go to italianfootballdaily.com. You can check out Matt's piece about Zaza and the national team. Um, I think, so if you do that, that's He's fine. I'm sorry, I, just real quick to add. He's been playing a 4-4-2 at Valencia under Marcelino, their new coach who's done a fantastic job with them. They're in second place right now ahead of Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So they've yep. been playing in a 4-4-2. So he's been playing in a two-strike setup. Just want to make that note. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, like it, 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 makes, it makes almost too much sense, right? So if you put Zaza up front, I'm good with that. I want to see... Lorenzo Insigne earlier than the 76th minute. Um, and I think El Sharawi is a must. Uh, I think you got to put him in there somewhere. I don't know where you slot him in. You know, I don't want to see this 4 2 4 because it, it doesn't work. It, it, didn't, it didn't work. Let's count that out, right? Mm -hmm. If you go a 4 3 3, fine. He's going to go with two up top. Uh, which means I think he's going to go, you got to go three in the back, two up top, which means you got to pick your wing backs, you got to pick your midfield. Your three in the midfield, I don't think Dorossi makes it. Um, I don't, well, Verratti's out. So we might see Parolo again. I think we see Jorginho and Gagliardini. Um, Darmian, you probably leave there. Kondreva, you can leave there. You could sub in El Sharawi there. Um, I think we see El Sharawi as a sub. Um, and I think we see Zaza starting, and I think we should see Insigne as like an hour mark sub. Mm -hmm. um, like nothing pisses me off more than the too little, too late seventy fifth minute sub, right? Like, like Montel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Montel. Well, ugh, that's whole for, kettle of fish. Right? That's for another podcast. It's the same thing, though. You're right. Like you're right. It's the it's the Andre Silva 80th minute sub. Like, oh, great. Yeah, fantastic, right? 
Um, like Marco Verratti came out in the 76th for Insigne. That sub should have been made at least five minutes before. So I think, you know, to wrap it up here, uh, because we've, we've hit a lot of different topics. We've covered Jorginho. We've covered Sweden's physical mentality, right? I don't think there's a lot to talk about in terms of the goal they gave up. It was a deflection off, like the shot to, off a corner took a deflection. Wasn't Buffon's fault. I think it was a throw-in, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was unfortunate, right? Yeah, it wasn't and, even like came out of nowhere, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Just... Oh, definitely. And it was right after um, some clamoring to the refs and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I I wouldn't read too much into the goal. It's more the mentality. It's more the physicality that they gave up, um, and. You know, they got to do better. They, they have to do better than they did, obviously. And this is the most, you know, this is the biggest game any of these guys have played. I, I just don't, I, I'm not sure how confident I am. I wish I had the four, like, I wish we could see the formation that he's going to put out right now. Because then I think that would give us a pretty good idea. Like, if, if we see a 4-2-4, four, four, we can, can start that he's this now. Right. Or you can see the personnel. Okay, he is going with Zaza. Okay, he is calling up Al Sharawi. He is going to play Insignia behind as a, uh, another, another striker. Okay, then you can kind of see what he's going for. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, I, I, I say it with, I, say, I always say this, and I feel, again, it's, it's so important, especially in, in, in football. At their home crowd, the, the, the environment's going to be big. It's going to be huge into what. You know, we saw how kind of for a little bit for Sweden, it had a big role in there. Yeah. Um, because I feel like they were they were kind of feeding off the crowd of environment, the cr- feeding off the energy from the uh, home fans. That's what the Italians need to do on Monday at the San Siro. One hundred percent. A lot of they, they they can really. I I I'd hope that the energy comes out in the first. Again, I'm going to say this again: the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the game. It yeah, chase yeah. a goal. Chase a goal. Go yeah. after the game. Don't sit back. Don't. I, I, I can't, for the life of me, understand. You know, I hate that. I, I understand that we have, we're, Italy's a, they have this, this reputation as a very strong team and they play out the back and, and this and that control the, control the tempo of the game, yada, yada, yada. I get that. But when you're down 1 0, you got it. You got to get it, a quick punch. Just go after them. Get yeah, they got to set the tone. Get a goal. Make it even. Now it's a ball game. Yep. Now it's a ball game. Now you know what? Now it's 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 even. It's it's the next goal could possibly decide this who who goes to goes to the World Cup. So for me, that's what I really want to see. Is I and I think it's that getting that getting that early goal is really going to depend again on the mentality, on the approach, you know, the energy from the team. And I think those are certain things that you hope are 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 manifested through. Through the the environment, the San Siro, when when you hear um, the anthem and, and everyone's getting into it, I think that can play a big role in this, especially with World Cup games like these, World Cup qualifiers. Mm-hmm. I think the environment is so big for teams like this, especially given the situation that Italy's in. Absolutely, and I think you hit the nail on the head. They need to set the tone. They need to get a goal early because that's a ball game. You're right. You don't want you don't want to chase. You don't want it to be. Oh, they're down 1-0 on aggregate or 1-0 over two legs at the halftime. Now you're playing 45 minutes. we got to chase this game. Yep. 
Because right. at that point, Sweden's thinking, man, we're in a tough environment. We're going we're gonna to hunker down and we're going to hope that we can defend our lives, our lives and get a, defend for our lives and get to the World Cup. You don't want to do, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where now you got to, you're desperate. Yep. Go ahead and, and get a goal. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Worst case scenario. And so the best case scenario is, like you said, Italy gets a goal, first 20 minutes, sets the tone, because if they get that goal, whole complexion mm -hmm. excuse me, changes. But worst case scenario, if they give up a goal in the first half an hour, that's, they, they would have to put up three. Yeah. That's what, and, that's what I, and that's exactly what I'm saying, because we all know how, you know, quirky and quirky this game is, really, is that things, goals can come from anywhere. We saw yesterday with Sweden. Goal pretty much came from a half chance, call it a half chance. Yeah. Deflection, that there's your goal. You, you, for, for Italy's sake, they, they, they have to get, like I said, they have to get a goal and, and it prevents, obviously, Sweden from getting something of their own because for Sweden to get a goal on the road at the San Siro, now you have to get, now you know in your mind you got to get three goals. With the way we're playing, it just doesn't look likely. It so would be an absolute disaster. you got to get momentum be, back. Uh, yeah, you got to get, you, and I'm sure they know this. What I'm afraid is, Ventura is going to say, remember, guys, we can't give up a goal, right? So they're going to sit back and essentially try and get a goal, but like... prevent Try harder to prevent them from scoring as yeah. opposed to them getting a goal. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. What I want them to do is exactly what you're saying. That's why I wanted to see that kind of like pretty attacking Italy lineup, which, yeah. I, you know, we're not going to see that. But like, that's why I want that is... Worst again, worst case scenario, they give up a goal, they have to score three. If they give up an away goal without already having scored one or two, like if they if they've scored two and they give up an away goal, then they only need one goal and by then the momentum is probably theirs, right? If they give up a goal, if they go one nil down, then they're in trouble. They really are. And yeah. then, you know, this on Tuesday morning. Um, is going to uh, it's going to be a barn burner. Um, so, real real quick, I've, I've, and then we'll wrap this up. Thank you again for joining me, Matt. I really appreciate it. Um, My so, someone mentioned, and I think I've seen this somewhere uh, on the Twitter sphere, where s some people believe that the game should not have been set for San Siro. Some think that it should be set for Rome. And that's, in my opinion, there's no better place as a crowded, like, this is going to be sold out. It's going to be 80,000 at the San Siro. And you know that that is one of the best atmosphere because of the proximity to the pitch, the history, like, you know, the temple of football that it is. There is no better place for Italy to step up, get the crowd involved than the San Siro. You can, you know, the Olympico is great, but if you put it in the San Siro and they get a goal, look out because those Italian fans are coming for you I, and they're going to be on top of this game. I absolutely agree with you. I think, yeah, obviously the Olympico is a fantastic venue and I think it obviously it makes sense that people would want the Olympico to be the, uh, the venue for this game, but I think you know, for this with the San Siro, it's it kind of you the, the crowd of eighty thousand people, you, the way they pitch a structure of the stands and everything like that. 
the fans feel more on top of you. And I think, you know, by having that versus against Olympico, they have the track. Yep. I feel, you know, for, for Sunset, and this is, this is, these are all petty things that probably people are thinking, oh, well, what is that? These are certain things that I think of when I watched games and I think of how environment plays a role in, in how teams perform and everything like that. I think the San Siro is, the, like as you just mentioned, is the ideal venue for Italy to pull off what they need to pull off on Monday. Exactly. Um, and I, I, again, I really hope they do. I hope they feed off and they use everything to their advantage. I think it's, it's all hands on deck. I tweeted that out yesterday morning. Same thing goes for Monday. It's all hands on deck. Italy need to come to play. The fans need to come to support, be loud, be vocal, chant, scream, do whatever to get this team fired up and to get this team to believe and to ultimately get into the World Cup. They need it. We need it. Try to see we need it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, I said this after the U.S. missed the World Cup. All my eggs are in the Italy basket. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start going through Milan's roster and finding some... Uh, Finding the nationalities of players right now, I have Switzerland and uh, Rodriguez, uh, Silva in Portugal, and uh, Kalinic in Croatia. Uh, those are the three options I have right now, leaning towards Andre Silva in Portugal. Um, but honestly, we really—it's not the same World Cup if Italy isn't there. Let's hope they pull it off. Let's hope, you know, it's a short turnaround, but it is a long weekend for them a long weekend of thinking about what they have to do and what it is on their shoulders and their feet to do. I think that, you know, they can pull it off. I won't put it past this, this group of guys. They're a good group of guys. They're really talented. I think they're going to be able to do it, but they need that mentality from the beginning. Um, and hopefully Tuesday morning, uh, the Italian football daily morning after reaction will be, a more optimistic one than a uh, barn burner. So uh, we'll see how that, we'll see how the match goes again. Um, match is Monday at uh, 2 45 PM Eastern time. Uh, that is 8 45 European time. Uh, San Siro. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be, it's going to be quite a game. It, it matches the importance. Uh, so, Again, Matthew, thank you for joining me. Uh, you can find Matt's work at Matt Santangelo on Twitter and at ItalianFD. Check out his stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stoll underscore P. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Italian Football Daily podcast. Again, uh, you can check our work out on um, at ItalianFD, at Stoll underscore P, and at uh, thanks for listening. Dio Tzuri. And uh, we'll see you on Tuesday morning, hopefully, uh, with some good news. But until then, ciao, ciao, everybody.